Welcome to the Generation Life Church Sermon Podcast. We are a life-giving church for everyone. We are multi-generational, multicultural, and exist to multiply by reaching our community both locally and globally with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that this message helps you in your walk with Jesus. Amen. Wow. It is good to be here. Yeah, it's about a year ago we were here, so... Uh, some of you, I recognize faces. A uh, few of you, I remember names because I watched some of your services so I could try to cheat and find out what your names were. So uh, it's good to, I recognize some of you. It's good to be back though. I'm very excited about what's going on here. Um, you know this, but you have a great leadership team. Keith and Katie are the best, man. I wish they lived closer. <clears throat> I, I, I keep it going. I guarantee if Sandy and I lived closer, this would be our church. Uh, we live 500 miles away, though, so it's a, that's a long commute. But it better be a heck of a service if we're going to commute down here. So, but uh, no, it's really exciting, though, and um, indeed for that. So, well, I'm so happy. Where are you, Josephine? My Kenyan? Yes. I met Josephine in the lobby. She said hello to me, and I said, where are you from? He says, Kenya. I said, I thought so. So just like that, we were instant friends. I've been to her hometown. Uh, and so I'm heading back there in May. So you give me a care package, I'll find your family for you. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> let's just pray. Father, I just pray that you would teach us things, encourage us, have us catch your heart. Um, that's really our total prayer, Lord. Just have us catch your heart and have it be our heart. And therefore, it'll affect everything we do, everything we think, everything we say. So, Father, even today in these moments together, that you would capture our heart by your spirit, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, I work with an organization called the International Sports Academy. And it's really been uh, very humbling and overwhelming, all the things that God has done in opening doors uh, to many nations. We're now in 10 different nations, actually heading into 11 now in um, Africa. And then we're in India also. And what we're doing, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, right? That's the command, make disciples. Making a disciple means doing everything possible to um, help a person become more like Christ, right? If that's the, maybe the simplest uh, way to describe what making a disciple is. And that's our call. That's our command. And it's of the nations. It is of, this is Orange County, right? That's what Orange is, Orange County. It, of course, we're to make disciples in Orange County, but everywhere we're to make disciples. That's the call of the church as a whole. And so um, that's our heart. So we, we are training. We, we get young people involved in disciple clubs, uh, but we do it through sports. Um, we take, you know, whatever, a soccer ball, a volleyball, a basketball, Baseball, ping pong, tennis, cricket, darts, pool, badminton, badminton. You guys play badminton in your backyard, right? Don't ever challenge a guy from India to badminton. You will lose and you will get hurt. Um, whatever it is we use to bring people together, get them involved in a club, get them on a team, and then to weekly or even two, three times a week, train them in the word of God. And so that's the heart, that's what we do, and, and God has done some tremendous things. So I wanna share some, some things about that today. You guys are, um, honestly, uh, this church is 
the, you're the biggest sponsor we have. You're the biggest partner we have, the biggest supporter we have. So yeah, man, it's awesome. And so um, um, it's, it's, really, it's really exciting because I want you to hear this. Anything I share today, or if you go to our webpage or any testimony you hear, we have a few Facebook groups if you want to get involved with. Any testimony you hear, when I say we, you as an individual, not just you, you as an individual are part of that. So if I say we, it's we, we, us. There's no me and you, it's we. And so we are doing this. And when God says to make disciples of all nations, we're doing it, man, we're doing it. So I wanna, ca- I wanna teach you today a little bit about why we do it. Um, I'm actually gonna skip that. Well, show that first video. This is, this is a promo video. This can do in two minutes what takes me a half hour to do. So just watch this. Have a field, uh, they don't have a basketball, they don't have a game, they don't have anything that can bring young people to this place. As a, as, a, as a tool of evangelism. They have at least a platform where they can come play and have fun, which at the end, at the result end is that they end up coming to church. So that uh, by when, after playing, we have time to you know talk to them, preach to them, and we end up inducting very many youths around town in Kirugoya to come to church, and it's wonderful. That just gives you a little snippet of what we do. I understand that some shoes were collected here, right? So you guys were awesome. I'm going to take some shoes home with me. Um, let me just tell you why, though, we're doing that. One of the things, and you guys do it here, too, um, not necess- when, when, you, when you want to reach somebody with the love of Christ, there needs to be some, some reason they want to listen to you, right? I mean, that's why you take somebody out to lunch. Feed them a big lunch, and they'll say, hey, I like you. And so we, and that's what you're doing. You're blessing this school. Why do you bless this school? Because you want to have a platform to be able to share the love of Christ with it. That's why you do it. That's why we do things. And so shoes are a big deal in many of the areas we work with young people. And so we have kids. Uh, throw that, uh, I think there's that, that Maasai girl. Um, 
that you know, picture. There she is playing soccer. This is a Maasai tribe in southern Kenya, northern Tanzania. She didn't have any shoes on. Um, so it's easier to play soccer in the dirt and the thorns when you have shoes on. Uh, I think you have another soccer picture. Uh, these guys are in a tournament that we have. The green guys have an actual an ISA shirt on, so they don't have shoes. And so uh, there's actually quite a few injuries that happen. And so I thought, you know, I should take shoes because they're always asking me to have shoes. I thought, I ought to take shoes with me. And so I let a few people know. And actually now I have way too many shoes for one suitcase. And so uh, over the multiple trips to multiple places, I'll be taking shoes. So thank you. You're a part of that. And, and it's, yeah, it's an awesome thing. You... you uh, uh, until you've been in a situation like that and you meet with a bunch of young people who don't necessarily have shoes uh, and you open up a suitcase of shoes and you say, okay, we're going to see which shoes fit you, it's, it's unreal. First of all, every shoe fits them. doesn't matter if it's a size 18 and they're a size 3 or the other way. It's going to fit. And, and so it's really a way to love people and to bless them. So I'll make sure I send pictures back when we do things like that over the, in the next month. So the, um, um, le- last week, John um, started a series or a mini-series on finishing strong. It's a great message. I hope you caught it. If you, if you didn't get a chance to see it, go back and re-watch it. Because I'm telling you, it's really important that we're committed not just to doing something, but to being faithful to finish it and to carry it on into, into all of our life. And to, and to not just for a year, but we're in this. We're in it for good. And so I appreciate his encouragement and message. And, and I'm a basketball coach, so I got so distracted by whatever, pinning like a chicken and skinny Jesse passes or, you know, all those things. And so I'm like, okay, we got to box that guy out. And I like that Kevin McHale move. So I'm like half distracted by the message. I missed, John, I missed most of the message. Where are you, John? Are you out there? Right there. I missed most of the message because I'm trying to figure out how I can use these. So, um, uh, but, 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 I, but I hope you caught that and caught that we have a passion to finish strong because how, people don't necessarily remember how you start. They do remember how you finish, right? They do remember how you finish. And so we want to start well. We, we want to middle well. And we want to finish really well. There's always bumps and bruises along the way. It's not that. Keith mentioned, hey, we're not about perfection. That's too hard. I gave up on that a long time ago. I want, I want to live a holy life, but man, this whole striving for perfection was, it was too hard for me. <laughs> I tried it for multiple years. I like grace a lot. And I tell you, the more you rely on grace, the actually more righteous you live. And so strive for that, strive for a reliance on grace. But this whole finishing thing reminded me as he was talking, I, 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 if you've ever run track or watched track, and relay races, of course, are always fun. They're fun to be in because it's one of the few things in track you do on a team. Um, but I was, I was not a real good runner. That's why I was on the two-mile relay, which if, if you're ever at track and they say, hey, you want to run the two-mile relay? Anytime you hear two-mile anything, just say, nah. I'll pass. So I got in a two-mile relay. Well, this two-mile relay, which means you run 800 meters, four people run 800 meters, um, we never lost. However, three of us weren't any good. We were real mediocre, right? So, so this is how we won. I was the first leg. I just ran my leg. I just had to get to that number two guy. That's all I had to do. It took me, whatever, two and a half minutes. I just had to get there. 
And he got it. All he had to do was get to the next guy. And all the third guy do, had to do was get to the fourth guy. Watch this, though. Our fourth guy was state champion. All we had to do was get Andy the baton, and we win. That's all we had to do. We had to just faithfully run our leg until this guy got the thing and ran at a clip that was, I mean, it's really fun to watch somebody who's good. It's not fun to watch some. You guys had a 5K yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Somebody like, yeah. Who was, Caleb, were you saying, boy, that was a dumb thing to run. <laughs> it's hard. But I tell you what, when you see that guy who, the person who can really run, it's a beautiful thing. And, and this is what I want you to see. And this is not, this is, we have, we come on the heels of centuries of faithful workers in the church. Decades, centuries, millennia, whatever you want to say. People have carried the, 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 the they run their leg and have, and have gone after pursuing, making disciples of all nations, reaching the world, reaching the nations of the world. But here's something interesting, and this is not, we're not the fastest right now because we're the best. We're the fastest because we live right now. So what has happened now is the baton has been passed to us. There has never been a faster generation. Ever. We are lightning speed. So now we have the baton. Our call is to reach the nations of the world. Our call is to, to everywhere go after it. And man, do we have the ability to run. Like, Zing, zoom, zing, we can go everywhere in every direction and do it fast and do this crazy thing and all that stuff. So there's no question that right now we're fast. We're the fastest. You can't even debate that. I don't care how awesome, and they were better missionaries and workers in the past, but nobody's been faster. We're the fastest. And not only are we the fastest, the harvest, I believe, is the ripest. It's ripe everywhere. It is so ripe. So God has the harvest ripe and he has the workers really fast. Here's the tricky thing. Here's where we are right now though. We want to finish strong, but honestly, we don't even know where we're running. We don't even know what that means. If you were to say to, even, even in the church, and talk to Christians, say, what's the goal? What are you shooting for? We would have so many different answers. We don't know where we're going. We're all over the place. So we're the guy, imagine if I handed that baton to Andy and he just ran through the parking lot. Wow, he's fast. Wow, we lost. Because he didn't know where he was going. Being fast, it's nice, unless you're running in the wrong direction. And my, my heart is that we as believers in Christ right now, that we would understand what it means to finish the race. That we would understand what is the heart of God. Now we run individual lives. So I'm not talking, I, don't, I have no idea what your life is going to be a decade from now. But I do know there is the ultimate finish that God has in mind. And somehow we're part of it. So I want to I go to, if you're going to talk about finish, you probably should get into the book of Revelation. So let me just go to two places in the book of Revelation and show you this amazing finish, what it means to have a win. 
So in, in Revelation chapter 5, John receives a revelation and he's seeing all this stuff and it's pretty cool, kind of confusing, whatever it would be. But in Revelation chapter 5, John is weeping because there's a scroll that nobody can open. And so he's like, wow, this is so sad. Nobody's worthy to open the scroll. And then the angel says to him, you know, stop crying. And he says in verse, verse, uh, verse 8 and 9, and all the elders and living creatures fell down. And, and they fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of incense. And they, they sang a new song. And here's what they sang. They said to the lamb, you are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you made them to be a kingdom of priests. What I want you to see that the ultimate, you know, we're Palm Sunday today. We're actually gonna touch, we're just gonna take a quick look at Jesus riding into Jerusalem. But we're heading into Easter where we got all the stuff in between and, you know, the death, burial, the resurrection. But I want you to see that with the blood of Christ, which will, we'll, you know, you'll take some time Friday, personally, collectively, whatever, and you'll look and you'll be amazed that he spilled his blood. You know why he did that? He did that so he could purchase us. That's why he did that. You see, he couldn't just take us. He couldn't just say, come on, you're with me. He had to purchase us, and he did it with his blood, and he paid for our sin. And then as he, as he not only did he, did he purchase us, but he purchased men from everywhere, all peoples, from every tribe, tongue, language, cultures, all those things with his blood. Therefore, therefore, at the end, all nations will rise up and say, you're worthy. You are worthy you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy because you did it. There's nobody else. Everybody has worth, but there's only one who's worthy of praise. And that's the one who spilled his blood to purchase us. Why did he purchase us? So that we would declare his worthiness. You have to, it, it, it kind of gives another picture two chapters afterwards, Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7 is, is another cool part, kind of goes along with this. And John looks and he sees all these amazing, the completion of the Jews comes in and that's awesome. And then it says, <clears throat> then I, in verse 9, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. See, I just want you to see this is the goal. This is the finish. This is the ultimate. The multitude that no one could count. Where are they from? They're from Orange County. It's cool, isn't it? We're going to be there. I'm pretty stoked about that. But they're not just from here. They're from every nation, every tribe, people, language. They're standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They're wearing white robes, holding palm branches in their hands. You guys got palm branches. You're getting ready. Yeah, I don't, yeah there you go. You got there. We, yeah, everybody's ready. I think they're going to be bigger than just a stick, so 
And they're probably not going to make little things out of it. We're going to be holding these, wearing white robes. And here's what they're crying out in a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, praising glory, wisdom, and thanks, honor, and power, and strength to our God forever and ever. Here's what they're doing. Every tribe, nation, language, people looks like us, don't look like us, talk like us, don't talk like us. You see, God's not looking to bring us to be the same people. He loves cultures. He's not looking for us to make one culture. He's not looking us to be, unity's awesome, but uniformity is awful. We're not looking for that. We want different cultures. We want different languages. So they all come together and what do they do? You're worthy. You are worthy of it all. You're worthy and they all come together. So if you say, what's the ultimate goal of the church? It is that the nations would say, you're worthy. See, ultimate goal? That's, it's worship. Worship's the goal. I've heard people say, we do missions because worship doesn't exist. Right? Because the goal isn't, of course, salvation's kind of good, right? We like, we like salvation. But that isn't even the goal. The goal is that, they, that the people who are saved declare to the Lord, you're worthy. It's worship. And so our goal, the ultimate goal is that the nations would say, worthy are you. So why do we do things? Why do we do what we do? Um, and we do a lot of things. You guys do radical things. Um, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I'm, I'm with people all over the world who are radical. We're a, we are a partner agency, so we're not, um, we're not, our name barely exists places, but we work with people who are doing stuff, and we help them to do it better, if you want to maybe say that. And so we're with people, so, but, but they're doing things, and I often wonder, why are they doing that? Why do we do things we do? Because you guys, a lot of you have been in ministry, or the fact that you're part of a young church, you are in ministry, whether or not. So you do realize that most of the things we do, the product of them is actually requiring more work of you. We jokingly say if you're in the ministry... Um, this is the only profession, if you want to use that, that the better you do, the only thing you get is more work, right? <laughs> I get, you know, the, the pastor who doubles the size of their church doesn't double the size of their offering. <laughs> they just double the size of their work. So why would you ever do that? What kind of a nut would ever do this, right? <laughs> who, who would ever say, wow, I've grown my business to be now huge. Wow, I bet you made a lot. No, I haven't made anything. All I got is more work. Why do we do this? Why do we do ministry? Why do we, you know, you move to this high school. This causes more work. It just does. So why do you do that? I'll tell you, it's one where I want you to catch this so much today. Why do we do the extra work? Why? Because he is worthy. That's why. He's worthy. Some of you get here really early and set up. Why? He's worthy. He's worthy. Don't be doing it to please anybody in this room because if you do that, one day they'll forget to thank you and you'll get offended and you'll lead a crew and you'll do that. Listen, I hope we all thank each other, but I want you to understand we do this because he is worthy. That's why we do it. That's why you make the sacrifice. Come on, this will change you. This will change you. This will, what it will do, if you, if you really do things because he's worthy of our praise, it will free you from so much resentment. It'll free you from fatigue. It'll free you from just doing a job or whatever. You do it because he's worthy. And the ultimate finish is that the nations would declare he's worthy. So I'm with, uh, 
Um, I was just recently in, in, uh, in West Africa in the country of Togo, and I'm at a conference there, and I'm, I'm uh, part of a training team, and we're, we're working with 10 different nations, all came there, about 50 people, and they are uh, they're church planting people, and so they're going into, uh, o- they only plant churches in areas where there are no churches, most of the areas are Muslim, um, and so they're really going out there and planting churches. Well, we come along because... If you're going to plant a church in a village that's mostly Muslim, um, it helps if they like you, right? So this is the darndest thing. <laughs> you toss this out, and you know I had one guy, he, he was planting churches, and he started using soccer, football, and he says, he says, he says, Rick, Muslims love football too? <laughs> I said, yeah. So, so they're used. So we're helping them to use sports to do this. So anyways, though, I want you to hear this. These guys are out planning churches, 10 different nations, going into very difficult areas, hard times, hard things, all that stuff. Why are they doing it? One reason, he's worthy. That's why they're doing it. He is worthy. They're not getting a lot of natural benefit from this. He is worthy. We have a guy in, in Ghana, uh, one, of our, one of our workers over there. We have miniature little staffs in each country. Uh, Julian, and Julian's one of the best workers I've ever been around. He's fantastic. And they have, a, we partner with the, the organization Awana. A lot of you are familiar with Awana. Awana. Yeah, come on, give it up for Awana. Uh, if you were ever in Awana, you know most of the Bible by heart. Uh, they are a they're, they're a tremendous organization. We partner with them all over Africa. Where we come in is we, they're really good at reaching like elementary kids, but they do lose kids then, obviously, uh, because their focus is elementary. They lose them in high school. And they, and they say, man, we, we don't want to lose them because we literally lose them. And so they came to us and said, could you help us, you know, really start to use a sports program? So we're the... We're kind of helping them reach high school kids, and then they still, they know how to teach the curriculum. They're just losing the students, so we help them keep the students, getting them on, you know, whatever, volleyball clubs, things like that. And, and so, so um, he has a vision this year of getting the Iwana curriculum into 300 high schools in Ghana. That's a big vision. It's a big vision. So we started in, Jan- in January. We are currently in 100 high schools. Is that awesome? And so what he's, what, how this works is, he, I was with them. We went into one, a couple high schools. We took some volleyballs, some volleyball jerseys. And uh, so the school has a volleyball team. Some schools have a volleyball team with no volleyballs. So if you show up with the volleyballs, they're like, whoa, this is really a lot better than no volleyballs. <laughs> and so we, we form a relationship that, with them. We help them. We actually have some traveling coaches who will go in and, and teach their PE teachers a little bit about, in this case, volleyball. But what we do, and they want it, is we take a Bible curriculum in. It's, a, it's about a 40-week curriculum that just teaches. We're not teaching doctrine. We're just straight out teaching Bible stories. And they like that because anybody who is not irrationally emotional knows that just a Bible knowledge is better for society than no Bible knowledge. That is not a religious statement or a 
Jesus statement, that is just a true statement. And so these schools, these public schools, these government-run schools says, yes, we want a Bible knowledge. Who knows this? When you teach the Bible and you're just straight teaching the stories, does the Holy Spirit move? Yes. And so we're into these schools. So Julian is busting his butt getting into the schools. We actually, somebody... Um, an individual, it's kind of a, it's a crazy story, but, but somebody, an individual said, hey, I'll give $200 a month uh, toward a worker. We were actually able to hire him through the Awana thing. So he gets $200 a month. Um, you need to find a staff guy like that, Keith. Gets <laughs> 200 bucks, gets you into a couple hundred high schools. <laughs> the, but why would he do that? Because his pay is not based on how many schools he's in. Why would he do this? One reason, the lamb is worthy. The lamb is worthy. That's why he does this. Because the lamb is worthy of praise. And as you look out there and you see thousands of young people who have no idea who Jesus is, and you know that the heart of Jesus, he died to purchase them, right? And they're called to declare him as worthy and you see that and you say, you know what? If I step out this way, I can make this happen. Oh, you say, yeah, I'll do it. The benefit is he's worthy. And the ultimate finish is that the nations would worship the lamb. And so I want to be part of this. You want to finish strong, get big picture in mind. We have a guy named Freddie in Kenya. He's from, uh, I have a Kenyan, he's from Nakuru. So, and he, this is a young guy who's a heck of a basketball player. And he's got a heart for Jesus and a heart for young people. So he's traveling from, from Mombasa to Nairobi to Nakuru. And we're helping him. He's starting basketball clubs everywhere. Why? Because he's at every basketball club, there's a chaplain who's there. And every week, these guys are coming to, to Bible studies and getting to know Jesus. And why is he doing that? He's not even making any money on it. Makes enough money to eat and travel. Why would he be doing this? The lamb is worthy. You can't love basketball that much. Right? I mean, I love basketball. I'm not going to travel all over the country just to get a few kids to play basketball. I'll get tired after a while and find three or four good ones. Maybe five. I'll start a team and I said, to heck with the rest of you. But when the goal is that the lamb is worthy, when that's what's fueling me, when that's what we're after, I'll go after Tons of them. And I'm okay if some of them are lousy at basketball. I need to teach them about that pinning them like a chicken. <laughs> Never thought I would get so much out of that message. So, appreciate it. <laughs> but, but I want you to see people are doing this. People are doing it all over the world. You're doing it here. And we're doing it because of one reason. The lamb is worthy. So when you come here, even on a Sunday morning... I guess you only come here on a Sunday morning. So unless you're in school, a couple of you have to come here every day. I hope it's more fun on Sunday mornings for those of you who are in high school here. And, why, and I know you're believing for this, but I'll believe that, that God fills this also with high school students. Come on, right? I know that's your heart. Why not? Why not have this filled with high school students and have them see that, that at this time I set apart an hour or whatever thing because what am I doing? I am part of the great multitude saying, worthy are you, Lord, worthy are you. So we're Palm Sunday and, and on, on this day, of course, we, we remember Jesus coming into Jerusalem and, and he rides a donkey and it's in Luke something, 20, 19, Luke 19, 
uh, 28 and following. I'm not going to read the whole story. I'm just going to make a mention of this. But you go home and read it because it's Palm Sunday and that's part of your duty today, okay? No lunch till you read the account of Jesus coming in. But, but it's kind of a funny thing. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, you know, go into town. I'll just tell you the story. Trust me, it's in there. Um, he says, go into town and you're going to find a donkey and I want you to untie it and bring it to me. And if the owner says, hey, why are you untying my donkey? Tell him that I need it. So, this is so funny. Any kleptomaniacs in the room? <laughs> Jesus was endorsing stealing. He totally told his guys, hey, go steal a donkey. This is the equivalent of, hey, go, go grab me that really nice car down the road. Uh, yeah, but Jesus, that's not our car. Well, if they ask. Tell them I need it. You're like, okay. So you jump in the car, you know, you get the little beamer, you start it up. The owner said, hey, 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 what are you doing? And they said, oh, Jesus needs this one. <laughs> I, there's a lot of funny stuff that Jesus did, and I just hope you sometimes smile because he's, he's not a boring guy. So, but I want, you to, I want you to hear that phrase, though, because it's really an important phrase. Um, Jesus needed the donkey. I think that is wild. Of all the things, Jesus didn't have a whole lot of needs. I think if you went through the life of Jesus and said, I'm going to study all the needs of Jesus, you might find that list that only includes a donkey. Imagine that. Jesus has no needs except once. He needed a donkey. That's it. I want you to see, though, because there's part of part of you that looks like a donkey today. It'd be way more fun if I could swear up here. Um. <laughs> I'm not, I don't. <laughs> Katie just said, we are not having him back. <laughs> God looks, uh, two people just leave, we're gone. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> the, but, but watch this though. There's just a random donkey tied up doing nothing in life. And I'm telling you, that's where each one of us were until Jesus came. We're tied up. We really don't even know we're tied up because if your whole life you're tied up, you don't know you're tied up. So there's just people out there tied up. And Jesus says, you go free them. Untie them because I need them. want you to hear this. Jesus, the people that you want to, to reach, the people that you have a heart for, the people you're praying for, it's not for you. Even if they're your son or your uncle or aunt or whatever, it's not for you that Jesus wants to untie them. He needs them. He needs them. That's really it. You got, why? Because Jesus understands the big finish. The ultimate finish is what? That people from every tribe would worship him. And you know what each person he unties does? They walk their life right here. And in some amazing way, Jesus sits on the donkey and everybody sees Jesus, the donkey got untied and is walking out his life. And everybody says, Hosanna, God save us, you're awesome, we love Jesus, dun, 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 he's great, we're throwing down coats, we're waving palm branches, we're doing all this stuff. The donkey is just now living a life free. But everybody sees Jesus, why? Because when we walk our life out, and we, we, we part of God's big plan 
everybody says, the lamb is worthy. Oh, and by the way, I see him in your life. You're part of it. You're part of it. That donkey didn't do anything special. All that donkey did was go from there to there. That's it. Nobody actually even praised the donkey. Imagine being that donkey and not realizing that everybody was worshiping Jesus. At the end of the day, you're down at the local donkey watering hole. (laughs) Guys, this was an awesome day. I am the king donkey. I walked down the street. Everybody started singing. They were throwing coats in front of me. They're waving. They're calling. This is like, I'm the guy. And then he says, you must say that in, in a lot of countries they hang, uh, well, we do it here. Uh, but let's say there's, there's, there's coats hung out to dry. And he says, watch, guys, I'll show you how great I am. And he goes on all these nice clean clothes that somebody hung out to dry. And he walks on them. And they beat the heck out of them. What's the difference? It's not about you and me. It's about the one we're carrying. It's about the one we are promoting. It's about the one who others are seeing and we're totally fine. Whether they know my name or not, it's not a big deal. So here's my encouragement for us as we're, as we're part of, we wanna finish strong, we wanna be part of the big picture, we wanna be part of the ultimate finish and, and all of that, is I wanna encourage you because you hear about these grandiose things, you know, thousands are worshiping over there and 10,000's there and they're from every country and you know, I gotta go to the grocery store this afternoon and I gotta clean the house. Might watch a little college basketball today. You know, you're like, I'm pretty mundane. I want you to hear this though. Please be encouraged by this. There's simple ways that we're part of this. You say, how can I be part of this ultimate finish? Here it is. Walk in obedience every day. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. You don't even know what it means tomorrow. But every day, just say, God, just have me be part of the big picture. Just have me be part of it. Well, yeah, but maybe I'm not doing anything great today. Listen, as long as you're loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus, and you have a heart for the people around you, you're doing something great. You just are. Do it. Do your part Monday. Do it. Then the second part, because you got to have this part, because you'll get frustrated if you're the only one doing it. you got to partner with a lot of other people. And if the person sitting next to you does their part tomorrow, that's really good. So you need to encourage them. You need to partner with them. Or the church down the road, you need to partner with them. Or the church overseas, you need to partner with them. Or the, we're, we're, this is what unity is. Unity isn't having an event and you all link arms and sing some song. Unity is I want you to fulfill the call of God in your life and I'm gonna do everything I can to encourage you to do it. That's a good definition of unity. And so you unite, you unite, 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 unite with all these other people and you say you can do it. You partner with people. You empower national workers all over the world. We're partners, the ISA and Gen Life. We're partners in this. Totally partners. So we're doing different things, but we're all doing what? Going after the big finish, which is glory to God. Glory to God, he's worthy. And then the third thing, I want to encourage you with this because you're, you're different people. I love people who start churches. I've, I've helped plant, I've planted two, helped with some others. And the people who are in the first, what are you, 18 months in? So you're all in. 
right? Nobody's here because they're just checking it out. You're in. You say, well, I'm a visitor. Well, tough, you're in. <laughs> you, just, you just are. You can't, you're like, wow, I went to visit that church and I got a job. Yeah, because somebody's got to do this. We're in this. So I know you're radical people. And so let me just encourage you with this. So you do your normal walk with Jesus in obedience. You partner with others and encourage others doing the same thing. Occasionally, though, do something radical. Don't do something radical every day or you won't make it till May. But occasionally, step out in something radical. Starting this church was radical. That's a radical thing. You're not going to start a church every week. Might feel like it. <laughs> All the set up and tear down. But, but that's a radical thing. Don't think that, the, that, you, that everybody who's doing great things is doing radical every day. They're not. I challenge you to read through the book of Acts. Paul's pretty cool, right? He only got like 15 chapters. He only did, he, I just want you to be encouraged by this because your normal thing is what changes the world. Occasionally, though, do something radical. Do something radical. Start in this church. Do something radical with an event. Do something radical with finances. Occasionally, you can't do it all the time. We're, we do radical things with the ISH, radical stuff. But you know what I do some days? I mow the lawn. Wow. <laughs> but every day our heart should be that the lamb is worthy. That the lamb is worthy. Let me show you one clip though because I know you'll remember this one and, uh, and I want to set this up because, um, um, because of uh, uh, there are many in the world who have not heard the gospel. And there's many in the world who can't hear the gospel even if they wanted to. Some of you came in here today to visit um, there's a lot of places in the world you can't do that. A lot of the, lot of the unreached countries, we're in a few uh, Muslim countries. It's just really hard. But, but God's doing things among them. So we had a guy from um, the country in Djibouti. It doesn't even seem like a real country. It's a real country. Um, it's, a it's like 99% Muslim, very unreached people. And it's up in, by Somalia and Ethiopia and that world by the Red Sea. And we had a guy from there who was in Kenya part of one of our soccer programs, got saved, getting discipled, all that stuff. And he meets with our coach, Coach Godfrey, and he says, you know, I really have a heart for my people. And he says, I want to go back to them and I want to start coaching soccer and things like that there. So he's back up there and he's reaching out. And, and there, so obviously it's all, it's all um, non-believers non of Christ, uh, Muslims, and he's going after this area. Why do I want you to hear that? Because that's radical. I'm not going to go there. You're not going to go there. But when we link arms with somebody who's there and pray for people like that, you're supporting things like that, we'll help them get soccer balls, things like that. Uh, that's what it's about. We're going after all. I want you to see this video, though, and I want you to pay attention to the referee who's on the left-hand side because they play differently in different parts of the world. So go ahead, show that. ها يا ولد يا so that is the referee's whistle no kidding is that not nuts i'm like dude we're sending whistles 
<laughs> You're like, what happened? Well, the ball went out of bounds. We just blew the whistle. I want you, that's, that's different, huh? They sent me that, and I said, oh, boy. I said, this is how we can solve all coaches from arguing. <laughs> you can argue this call. I don't think so. I showed that to you because you'll remember that. That's why I showed it to you. But I want you to know there are young people everywhere. Right there, probably 25 young people where they, there isn't a church. They can't go to church. But we know there's a coach there who every time he meets with them is sharing them the love of Christ. It's cool stuff. They're everywhere. They're all over around you. We gotta believe. We believe that what? That the harvest is ripe, that the ultimate goal of Jesus, Jesus says when, the, when you reach the ends of the earth, then the end will come. In Matthew 24 and 14, I think it is. So we know it's the heart of God. We know that he fulfills his plans. Right? They're not our plans. If I make up a plan, I can't just expect God to bless that. But if I join in his plan, I have confidence that he will bless this. It's one of the reasons I want to, I want to encourage you here. This is a plan of God. Occasionally your ideas will get in the way, but he'll correct those gently. Gen life is a plan of God. And when you're part of a plan of God, he will carry it out. He will fulfill it. And so be encouraged by that. And as he's saying, what? The ultimate goal is that we worship him. And as long as we keep that in mind, as long as we're not everybody, you know, we got the baton now. This is, it's our turn now. People born in 1900 are not carrying the gospel anymore. It's our turn now. People who carried this amazing Jesus movement through the, through the 60s and 70s, most of, a lot of them are still around, but they're not leading it now. It's us. We're fast, but we better stay focused. Gotta stay focused. And focus internationally, focus locally, focus nationally. Don't, there's so many distractions out there. We'd love to just grab the church and shake them right now. And say, come on, stay focused on the one thing, and that is the lamb is worthy, and we will worship him. We'll do radical things for one reason, the lamb is worthy. The lamb is worthy is worthy of all of our praise. And as long as you, what he did, he untied you, you're walking it out. He's sitting up there, everybody's singing to him. And you're saying, thank you, Jesus. This is amazing that you're using me. Because why? Because he has need of me. I can't believe that he has, why in the world would God have any need of me? But he does. He has need of you. And it's all part of finishing strong where he gets all the glory. I know the worship team's coming up here and we're gonna sing. I don't, is that how I'm finishing, Keith? Is it? Yeah. So, so let's, uh, let's take this time though in worship and I wanna pray for you uh, because I wanna pray and I wanna pray for me and I ask that when you pray for Sandy and I, we got two kids, they're getting older so they're not little kids anymore. They're home alone so they're obviously at least 10. Um, <laughs> Nah, they're in college and high school. Um, but, uh, but, but as we pray for each other, maybe one simple prayer to pray is that each of us would remember that the lamb is worthy of all of our praise. So Father, I pray for my friends here and I just, I thank you for each one. I thank you for um, all that this body represents 
And I just thank you that I know the heart of this assembly is to worship you, is to exalt you, and have everything we do come out of that. And Lord, may the nations exalt you. May the nations praise you. May thousands and hundreds of thousands come to know you in powerful ways because you are worthy. And Lord, all the distractions that come our way, have us stay focused. Have us finish strong. Because Lord, I think as a generation, we have to believe we're the last leg. And so Father, have us faithfully stay in the lane and go toward the goal of you receiving all the praise. Thank you for listening to the Generation Life Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message inspired, encouraged, and challenged you in your walk with Jesus. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in person at Orange High School or online via our YouTube channel. For more information about Gen Life or to connect with us, visit generationlifechurch.com.